Hello, I'm M. And I'm Eyes. And welcome to our brand new podcast, Tipples and Tolkien. Let us be your guides as we return to Middle Earth this fall with the premiere of the new Amazon show, Rings of Power. We'll discuss episodes with you, tell tales of old, and even bring you a brand new tipple recipe every week to enjoy. You can find us on all major podcast platforms, as well as Twitter, which is at Tipples Tolkien, that is T-I-P-P-L-E-S t-o-l-k-i-e-n and instagram at tipples and tolkien so cozy up pour yourself a drink and come on a journey with us this fall on tipples and tolkien previously on second edition one chapter one it started like it always did with a body this one was in the river i could tell she'd once been beautiful but there's a bullet and a fast current had taken it away from her. All we are, all that we think we are, all that we're certain about is taken away from us. When you've worked the streets and seen what I've seen, you become more and more convinced of it every day. Caprica City had been my teacher, my mistress. From the moment I opened my eyes, she's in my blood like cheap wine. Action stations, action stations. Set condition one throughout the ship. This is not a drill. Repeat. Action stations. Action stations. Set condition one throughout the ship. This is not a drill. The Cylons were created by man. They rebelled. They evolved. They look. And feel. Human. Some are programmed to think they are human. Many copies. And they have a plan. Action stations, action stations. Set condition one throughout the podcast. Welcome again to Set Condition One, a Night Shift Radio original. I'm your host, SC1 Actual Caleb, and joining me on the CIC, or wandering about the ship having surreptitious secret meetings, <laughs> is the XO Kitsy. I'm being stealth. <laughs> oh, I see. I see. Well done. Thank you. And uh, possibly overreaching in her executive powers is the president of the podcast, the 12 Colonies, and our hearts, Andrea. I'm back <laughs> to being in y'all's hearts. You've I, never left. I think I'm cranky, though, huh? <laughs> I am not happy lately. You have you are, you are uh, in no mood. No, certainly not. No, not having it. Is, uh, yeah, that's what is, I was trying to say. Is is one way to put that for sure. Uh, so it is no secret that we here at Second Edition One are fans of Laura Rosalind and of uh, is it Mary Malone? No, that's a character from McConnell. 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 Yeah. Is that well, Mary McDonnell? Mitch McConnell. Mary Mitch McConnell. McConnell. We, we are not, not fans of Mitch McConnell. <laughs> Mitch McConnell. I'm going on record now saying here at Second Edition One, we do not endorse Mitch McConnell. <laughs> and, uh, Mary Malone. Mary Malone is a character from uh, His Dark Materials, which I love. Uh, but <laughs> we're getting there. We are fans of of Laura Roslin, mm. but sometimes I wonder: is Laura a minor villain in the series? As, you know, like the, the, we we've said before, like there's not really a good or a bad as far as like the. Um, the the factions will mm-hmm. we'll say you know, you know the humans of the silence yeah it is Mary McDonald 
Hmm. Um, I can't remember a single really... person, character on the show's name, but <laughs> off camera, I got her. Um, but the, 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 there's, so there's not a, a, a like set in stone, black and white, like good versus evil sort of thing in this. But certain people have minor villain arcs, mm-hmm. I feel like, where like they may not go like full bad, but they, they have some bad times. And Laura keeps dipping into these. And I, you know what? Now, now it makes me kind of want to go back and do some, some correlation with like, do her worst times correspond with the worst of her sickness? Oh. Like, is That's she like, is she lashing out? Because like you know, we we said before, this will come up again later in the in the episode as well. Uh, there's not really, as far as we know, much by way of mental health care amongst the mm-hmm. fleet. Uh, is she laughing out because she's sick? She's potentially dying, and she's suffering, and she's she's hurt. She's angry. She's sad. She's she's every emotion possible. Uh, and is is that making her judgment? Uh, you know, not uh, not as clear as maybe it would be. I don't know. Uh, I'm not willing to say that that Rosalind is a bad person or even a, a bad leader, but she has times where I'm like, mm, mm, rein it in, Laura. Yeah, I'm starting to feel like her. It seems to me that her motivations for the things she does often feel more a little more s- like selfish or like self motivated. Than I originally thought from the beginning and also more so than like, like oftentimes, mm, maybe I'm taking back what I'm about to say. We'll see if I agree oh. with myself by the time I get to the end. But I like, would like to know. But like sometimes somebody like, no, I take it back. Adama also makes some hard, like he'll often do the hard thing, which ends up being the right thing, but it's not always. He rolls for, the hard six. Right. He's, he. Uh, um, sometimes you got it. Hell yeah. Um, and uh but often when he does that, it just so happens that it's in his best interest as well. So maybe not. And I think that these two uh, leaders in the, the, the human side of the, the, of the equation are very interesting in that they both they, – they have very, very strong uh, convictions and they, they tend to act on, on those convictions and they tend to be very stubborn about them. Um, n- both of them kind of ended up – in mm-hmm. these high positions of leadership, no one, neither of them, like actively sought them, them out. That just was the the lot that they were were given in in this wartime life. And it it kind of shows, and uh, like neither one of them were necessarily prepared mm-hmm. to be the ones who, like you know, forty thousand ish uh, human lives were in their hands, and they they make decisions based on, like you said, on, on their own. Uh, knee-jerk reactions or on their you know things that that may they they think are are best but not necessarily in the best interests of of everybody mm-hmm. um and, and i admire that you know, they they have proven themselves to be willing to go back and reevaluate and change their minds but it's at this point almost becoming kind of a, a tired uh loop mm-hmm. where it's like you know make a bad decision stubbornly stand behind it change your mind be enlightened, move on, <laughs> repeat. All of this has happened before. I have. It'll probably happen again. A slightly different take on this. Hmm. I would take love to hear me. that. 
So sorry, go ahead. I think that. Hang on. It's almost there. Hanging on. Please, please cut this part out. Hold on to. Sorry, go ahead. No, I gotta keep going. That was all I had. I'm digging this. This is this is I'm getting serenaded. It's a private little concert just for me. Um I think that ultimately Laura Roslin, whether right or wrong, uh believes that she's doing what's in the best interest of the fleet. Okay. Um I don't think that there's any uh foul intent here i i think that i think that she i think that she looks at what happened when the people elected baltar to be president Mm -hmm. and how well that went (laughs) and is like obviously you fucking people cannot be trusted with making important decisions so i'm just going to make them all myself and put myself completely in charge of everything because So, you know, I don't think it's necessarily that she wants to, you know, I don't think she's power hungry as much as she just thinks that she knows what's best for everyone and therefore she's going to make all the decisions and and put herself in a position where she can do so. So, like, I Which think... Which is bad. It's, she's oh, the grown-up yeah. in the room. Yeah, it's, exactly. <laughs> it's bad. It's not good. Don't get me wrong, but I think, but I think that she's doing the wrong thing for the right reasons. Like she has good intentions, even if it, even if misguided. So, like, well, I'll I, tell you what I'm not going to do. What aren't you going to do? I'm not going to disagree with you. Okay, <laughs> I appreciate that. <coughs> so we could be here all night. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I hesitated to say selfish, and I corrected to self-motivated, and it's yeah. neither of those are really quite right because I do think that that you're right, Kitsy. She, but it is that sort of like my way or the highway yeah. thing that she and Adama both kind of have going on. Yeah, um, and I, I would which say is frustrating. About, I would say the same about him. Like I think he also believes that everything he's doing is in the best interest mm-hmm. of the fleet. And and it's not about power for him. It's more about like, well, nobody else is going to make the right choices, so I have to. So, again, I misguided probably, but I think, you know, I, I don't think they have any ulterior motives or, or ill intent or anything like that. I think they just, you know, think like, well, if we don't fucking do it, then it's going to be done wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean the the comparison is made frequently to them being like our, our you know being the parents space of parents. The, the show. They're the mm-hmm. space parents, exactly. Uh, and I think that comparison is all the more apt when you think about the idea of like you know I know what's best, so I'm going to make these decisions. And it's it's both of them. As long in, as you live under it's, my roof, yeah, exactly. exactly, exactly. It's extremely parental. Uh-huh. It's extremely the reason I moved out of my parents' house. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why I take so much issue because I see so much of my childhood in this. Uh, and then you're like, you take it a step further. And while my family wasn't Mormon, we were like raised very religious. And so like, there's the, like those kind of religious undertones mm-hmm. to this whole show. Maybe I just relate too much uh, to the trauma of my childhood. Could be it. That might be, might be what's up. <laughs> so previously mm-hmm. on Battlestar Galactica. Uh, we have reached a point where they're, they, 
the showrunners here, the writers, have no more time for single story arc episodes mm-hmm. or for dilly dally and there's new bottle episodes whatnot like it is now crunch time it is get as much story into every episode as possible uh and i don't say that necessarily as a bad thing mm-hmm. a lot happens we uh we are like following multiple arcs and they are just giving them to us in rapid fire uh so I th- where do you want to start today <laughs> so I, I think i think the best way to handle this is rather than go like chronologically through the episode where it skips around from arc to arc to arc, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but there's three major arcs, right? There's what's happening on the Demetrius. Yes. There's what's happening on Colonial One. Yes. And then there's what's happening on Galactica. And. Oh, and happening what's happening on the, the side. So there's four. Yeah. yeah. There are at least at least four story arcs. And yeah, that's I, I agree that that's the, the way that we should take it. So you know what? Let's start with the Cylons. I was going to say the same thing. I love what's happening well okay i don't love what's happening with the silence right now but from a story perspective i love i love the story there's there's some shit going down uh we we open on the cylons with uh a cavil being resurrected and, and he falls <laughs> naked out of the goo onto the floor <laughs> yes and uh another cavil and i believe a, a i believe boomer is there and explains to him that he was shot by the centurions because of you know what happened in the last episode, we don't have to rehash that bit. Right, everyone, everyone's listened to our episode and, and heard our great analysis on what was going on That's there. That's right. So we don't have to revisit it now. World class. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so he's not he's he's none too happy about that. No, <laughs> as as I I wouldn't imagine him to be. I mean, and um, he's like you. Yeah. When they when he says shot by who and they say you know our own centurions he said that's pure insanity the sixes have lost their minds they have no idea the threat they've unleashed I need to get to my ship and they're like yeah it's not your ship buddy mm-hmm. <laughs> about Here's that the thing so so there's there's some back and forth there's some negotiations um, and ultimately they agree on unboxing Deanna mm-hmm. the Deanna line. And I believe there's some other concessions in there too. Yeah, there, there. Well, there are some additional demands. I don't recall if they're, they're all met, but uh, unboxing the the Deanna's was one of the requirements because they wanted, you know, not just heal this current divide, mm-hmm. but I, the the six uh, that we uh, had uh, kind of featured last time. Natalie was her name. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah Natalie. Uh, is insistent that you know they restore the unity of the twelve models all together, and that like you know obviously can't be done if one of them is boxed. Uh, the other concession is to stop lobotomizing the raiders. That's the one, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which and Cavill mm. agrees to both. Oddly enough, I, I thought there was one more, but as as, as we're skimming, uh, there's the third one because the, he says, "I I'll take it to the others," but I don't know. That they'll agree. There is a third one. I it's. Let me see. I don't I know how much find. it matters because I get the impression he's not going to do any of these things. <laughs> he's not really striking me as a, a reliable yeah. person. For our um, listeners, while Caleb's looking for that, I don't remember if last week um, I talked about my misunderstanding of what was happening in that scene or in. Uh, Cavill's storyline because I don't think I realized until we started watching this one that they weren't shooting him with the intention to box the whole line. No. Um, so if y'all heard me say last week something that made it sound like that's what happened in that episode, that was just me. So um, 
<laughs> if you heard me say that, no, you no, didn't. You didn't. <laughs> no, you didn't. <laughs> exactly. That <laughs> uh, it was just those two concessions. Okay. I did quickly oh. confirm that. Huh. Um, now. And you know, he agrees immediately to uh, stopping with the the uh, okay. uh, the lobotomizing of the raiders. It's the unboxing of Deanna that uh, he says I'll have to take it to the others and see. Uh, which this does answer a question that Andrea, I think you brought up last week: uh, Can an unboxing be undone? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we said yes at the time, but this definitively tells us, you know, like you know, the the Deanna line is being you know redownloaded and. So forth. Where is it? Uh, it was a little odd that they had to get close to a specific server. Like, mm-hmm. do they just do the Cylons have server farms? Just yeah. like in random so places, totally throughout, throughout the galaxy. So how can that be? So that so that's a, a good point, right? Is Cavill tells them the nearest servers? You know, this many jumps away. We have to go to it. Let's go. And uh, it's it's six again. He says like we'd like to stay on our own ships if you don't mind. And he's like, oh yes, absolutely, of course. Mm. <laughs> definitely that's definitely part of the plan i love it um yeah, yeah he just doesn't want them to see him uh, making out with boomer mm-hmm. no ugh. that's that's not what way. it is why because why? They, why which is that's ugh. Anyway. it's a really weird What's thing that like doesn't doesn't need to happen doesn't yeah. we already we already know that cavill's a sleaze and we already know that boomer has committed herself fully to the whatever like cause i guess that, that cavill is is undertaking we don't need a weird Mm-mm. i mean it does kind of uh explain why she was dancing naked for him though that's a good point it does anyway they jump in to the place where they're supposed to go jump in and and six immediately notices like hey wait a minute the resurrection ship didn't jump in mm. they must have a problem with their ftl let's find out what's going on but before they can do that, they realize that Cavill's ships are all surrounding them in, like, an attack formation. And they realize, like, oh, shit. They're trying to kill us for real. There's no resurrection ship. Like, if they kill us, we're fucking dead. Uh, and now, does that mean the whole line or just those? Just the ones on okay. that ship. Because, um, like, obviously. But those are, like, the kind of head well like, like well like obviously the six on galactica right 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 you know duh yeah so it's not the whole line but it's the ones the ones that ship for sure and and the ones that that were personally leading this like mm-hmm. hey stop lobotomizing the raiders and all that rather have a bottle in front of me than a frontal lobotomy am i right yep just like that mm-hmm. uh what and <laughs> i think it's tom waits <laughs> but yeah it's, it's, it's a tom waits joke i think it's it's you know it's it, but it's those particular ones that he's you know they, they're not going to redownload right right the, the model still exists but these like you know i'm, I'm gonna guess in his his viewpoint like these insurgents are going to be terminated and so I, they launch missiles and they try to jump out but mm, too late i wonder it's too late because they take out the, the FTL, yep, FTL drive right? and then um, the rest of the ship as well. And I wonder if, so let, let's say that like every active, we'll just, we'll pick the sixes for mm-hmm. now. Um, let's say every active six uh, outside of, you know, Cap, uh, Caprica, who is on Galactica, every active six is on these base stars. Those base stars get destroyed. There's no resurrection ship. Those will, that's a random number. Let's say there's 2,000 active sixes. Every single one of them die like permadeath. 
there are still bodies on the resurrection mm-hmm. ship. Is there like a base level, like six consciousness that can be resurrected into those bodies that just doesn't have the experiences of the 2000 that were just destroyed? Uh, or does that effectively wipe out the six line and you just have spare parts essentially? Right. So we, we kind of addressed this, I think pretty early on in the show, which I don't know that we have any official, you know, confirmation on this, but this is my take on it is that every model has their base, like operating system, right? Their base personality, Mm -hmm. if you will. And probably like a baseline level of like worldly knowledge. But then as that particular copy of that, uh, that model lives its life and, and goes through the world or the universe it collects its own experiences and becomes its own like person, but it still has that base level operating system. So my, yes. Is that operating system native to the physical body or does it exist out somewhere? Do you know what I mean? Like, I think it exists out somewhere. Like, like kind of like how you can have a bunch of different computers and you put the same operating system on all of them, you know, like six is a Mac and and Cavill is a PC essentially. Certainly. Correct. How how I'm looking at Um, it. That would be very accurate. Yeah. Yeah. But where? Eight's a Chromebook. The s- <laughs> Lee Oban's Linux. <laughs> Lee Oban is definitely Linux. I even got that. <laughs> um, I, I think the servers, probably. Or, or probably, more, more accurately, probably as they make the bodies, they get, like the resurrection ship probably had, like it copies that base operating system onto them. So when they say the thing about the closest one is blah, 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 it must be, it's back. Like, it's not that there's one they haven't, because in, in my head, they may almost made it sound like they're just kind of like sporadically placed about when they haven't, as far as I know, even been this yeah. far. I mean, it's hard to say. Yeah. I'm going to guess it's probably like... They're backtracking. Backtracking, but who knows? I would really love to see like... Let's assume this all takes place in one galaxy, just for like mm-hmm. easier boundaries. I would love to see a like, like a map? plotted yeah. plotted course of like just the trajectory they all the take and saying like, is it really just dun, 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 dun. <laughs> right? How uh, how funny is it going to be if uh, they find Earth and it's just been Caprica the whole time? <laughs> the whole time, <laughs> it's not Cobble, but it is Caprica. Caprica. <laughs> I think I've made that. Uh, that uh, joke that all three Cobal, Caprica, and Earth, and they just have somehow. I think <laughs> that came, in circles. I think that came up early on. But anyway, in this particular instance, he's gonna anyway. he, he's gonna kill all of the you know Cylons on the ship or these ships, and their personalities, their you know individual uh, you know essence of themselves is gonna be gone forever. Right. And he pulls a full on like pouty kid move like just remember they started it yeah like god damn it and even boomer who is like all about him now is like but, but we're killing my sisters he, he says they can trust their god to look after their immortal souls and she's like what about ours he's like we're machines we don't have souls so <laughs> they like he like plays on their like their religion and then just like shits on it well and it draws such a line between those models and and these models yeah. to say, like, to, I mean, he's being, like, shitty and also facetious when he says they're immortal souls because he doesn't think they have 
them, obviously, yeah. because they're also machines. But to talk about the two groups in such different ways. It's a very us versus them. Yeah, which is way more human than Cylon. Um, but yeah. it seems like the Cylons are making a shift toward human. Have the humans also been Cylons the whole time and none of them know? So. <laughs> that's what maybe, this, on maybe the Cylons have been human all this time. Yeah, maybe the real Cylons <laughs> are the humans we met along the way. <laughs> maybe. Talking about that. I just, I, I feel like, I, I don't have like a fully fleshed out thesis around this, but I feel like it just makes sense that the um, Simon and the Dorals are the ones that aligned with Cavill on his in, insane tyrannical quest here. They just mm-hmm. seemed like the type that would. Yeah. Like, Leoban's way too mystical and like probably doesn't even know what's happening, let's be real. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. Eight is such a gentle soul mm-hmm. and like six like sees through the bullshit. Yeah. Well, Doral is just a bleh, so he's going to go along with whoever is loudest in the room. And Simon was heading up the baby farm, so he's a monster. Like, mm-hmm. Wh- mm-hmm. What kind of computer is Doral? If Leoban is Linux, what kind of computer is Doral? He's like he's the, the cheapest off-the-shelf Android computer. phone you can find. <laughs> See, I was going to say he's a Palm Pilot. <laughs> he's a trail. <laughs> Like just like just practical enough to be somewhat usable, but like you don't want to. But anyone who has one, you know, you don't want to talk to them or be their friend. Like you're just like I, I know you're like some real estate prick. He does look like a real estate prick. Exactly. Ellen had a trail when we met. <laughs> real estate prick. I stand by it. <laughs> she really was the worst real estate agent I've ever met. <laughs> Never fucking it. sold one house. Can you believe <laughs> that shit? A, not a goddamn one. <laughs> Terrible real estate agent. <laughs> so while this is happening, we recall that uh, last week uh, in a, a whole like pageantry move, uh, Carathrace got escorted in handcuffs through the the, the Galactica from the brig to uh, one of the hangar decks and uh, was given the Demetrius, a repurposed, uh, rescued, uh, liberated, I think was the word, um, sewage treatment ship. A.K.A. Uh, shit tanker. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes. Uh, which, uh, as we learned, does not smell amazing. Well, Um, it's a shit tanker. What do you expect? (laughs) You wouldn't expect it. Um... They didn't liberate the smell, am I right? Oh, and allowed to go off and pursue uh, her quest for Earth. And you know, Laura Rosalind does find out about this. We we learn, uh, you know, she's aware of it. The fleet uh, is aware and are questioning why did the ship jump away? And the official because it smelled so bad, we had to get rid of it. (laughs) <laughs> uh, I love it. like rather than giving an actual believable story, Adama just like crosses arms and you know, basically like military exercise. <clears throat> like you could like have like a real story that like people are going to accept or at least like maybe question less loudly. I thought the the official party line was uh, a scouting mission for food. That was what they said when uh, when they they brought Kara on board. But like when he gets questioned about it, he doesn't say that, yeah. and it's it's a really strange uh, thing because that's that's the the rumor that's going throughout the fleet is that it's looking for food. And he's like, yeah, it's a military exercise. Um, I don't comment on rumors. Uh, so we know that uh, in this crew, uh, at at the very least, um, Sam 
volunteered to come along. He's he's there. Uh, I'm the silent, but, uh, the silent the pyramid yes. player. Correct. Um, and uh, of course, Hilo's there. He's kind of happened to, to like second in command this. Uh, but we learned that Gate is there for some reason because you know he's Starbucks' biggest fan. Yeah, handpicked. Uh, yeah, I and, my uh, theory there is that when Hilo was picking people, Colonel Ty was like, "You have got to take Felix Gata with you." I'm tired of fucking looking at him. Yeah. Just get him away from me for a while, please. And like, I get it. I think Ty made him uh, do it. That's my, it's my fan theory. That would make sense. Uh, Celix is also here along with someone that uh, I don't think we've ever really like had a chance to meet. uh, Who is Pike? Uh, Captain Pike. Yeah. Captain Pike. Christopher Pike is in this. I don't know. Wow. Um, is this a crossover episode? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, of course, Athena, uh, the, the other Sharon. Uh, they're all on this, and uh, they're none too happy. We're, we're at day 22 of this mission, and uh, it sounds like uh, Starbucks having trouble finding her way a little bit, which kind of makes sense given that she seemed to be going entirely off a feeling that she had at the Nebula. She, and the way they shoot her through all of this, okay, so I've never seen Apocalypse Now, but I've read Heart of Darkness, and that, like, which are Apocalypse Now based on Heart of Darkness, and it's the... Today I learned. Yeah, um, and it's the, like, uh, her as this, like, person who's, like, slowly losing her mind, and she's being painted in this, like... She just looks like she's bathed in fire all the time. And she's yeah. like kind of like like she's become this just like unhinged presence where the only thing that like makes up the shape of Kara Thrace is finding this tr- what are the what are the tri tri trinary trinary star system. Trinary star system. Which that tells us something that like the earth that they're looking for. It doesn't sound like ours. I mean, the rest of the system that they described. I mean, we saw Earth, and it looked a lot like Quick question. our Earth. Yeah. What's um, a trinary star system? Okay. Three stars. Three That's, stars. Uh, that kind of orbit one another. Uh, oh, so like, like the a, sun. Like, it's a... Yeah. Oh, f- man. I would have... Okay. Yeah, so that's, that's it's confusing because we we saw Earth and it looked like our Earth, and she described a you know a gas giant, and she's painted what looks like Jupiter, and you know all of these things that sound exactly <laughs> like <laughs> our solar system. Um, but that being said, binary star systems and trinary star systems are a thing, right? Yeah, they, they are. They do exist, uh, just not in they our do so- exist, not like in our the- solar um, system. Sirius is actually uh, part of a, a binary system. Interesting, as Fun is. Uh, what is it? The the um, the the closest star, Alpha Centauri. Um, yeah, that's part of that's a binary yeah. system, isn't it? With Proxima mm-hmm. Centauri. I think you're right. I think. So. Wait, this trinary thing is so is such a bizarre choice on the writer side. Now that I think about it, because I just I didn't think about trinary star system meaning like something as like important as our sun. I was like, oh, they're just looking for three well stars, but that. 
I don't know that it's ever specified that the trinary star system is the center of the solar system they're looking for, or is it a landmark on the way? So that's how I've been interpreting it. And it, it very well could be that. Okay. That is that is true. That I don't know that they, they specify. They talk a lot about this trinary system as being one of the, the signposts, essentially, but uh, it, it feels implied that it's the star system that the, the that Earth is part of. Well, and especially but, because uh, Kara went through that maelstrom and was suddenly there it was she wasn't like i pat like that was the gateway well, right may, maybe yeah. maybe on the way back she saw it because she's like she, she had to take the long route, way back right, that's yeah. why it took her so long yeah because she had to take the so, long way and she passed that trinary star system on the way that makes sense fun fact i i actually um i forgot that the the, the trinary system was was a part of this and so I, like this is kind of new to me again uh, but i forgot like i guess i didn't realize that trinary star systems were a thing i knew about binary star systems but apparently in a trinary system there's a binary pair and then a third one that orbits further out oh. orbits both of them that's fascinating yeah. if this podcast Space. was a trinary star system which one of us would be the one orbiting on the outside I mean, I mean, clearly. Oh, yeah. Well, literally because of, and also <laughs> that would keep, I, this isn't how stars work, but to me that w the one orbiting is what would keep the other two from spinning out into space. <laughs> like, Caleb's the like, Caleb's the, the herding dog that keeps these idiot sheep in the corral. I um, all of that to say, it does feel like uh, Kara is struggling to, to find this system and, you know, the, She's not really able to give them a lot to go on other than these, like, vague recollections that she has of this experience of, like, being there and, like, not being there. Uh, and okay. they go through the, the whole, like, very classic sequence, uh, this montage sequence of her, like, pouring over maps and star charts and, like, drawing lines mm -hmm. and getting frustrated and, you know, <laughs> just, like, the, how, how do you show that someone is looking for something that they can't find? You make them stare at a map for a while. Yeah. And also, like, what lines and stuff? She's not... Who is helping Kara make these calculations and stuff? That's not... Literally no one. Right? Is like, she could Kara be drawing anything. a qualified stellar cartographer? <laughs> no. I don't think so. Certainly not. <laughs> but there's a couple things in, in this part of the story I want to call out. Um, there's... Uh, obviously, some mounting frustration from her crew because There's it sounds mounting frustration. Hey, right. hey, I was getting to that. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, it sounds like there's been some <laughs> directional changes and, and some backtracking, and people are like, she doesn't know where the fuck she's going, and, and there's there's some unrest among the crew, um, which I think Sam uh, even you know kind of comes to her and is like, hey, like, can you give us anything mm -hmm. to go on here? And it's it's this very weird shot where like she's above him on like a steel catwalk, and he's he's below her because that's how it works when someone's above you. And <laughs> Thank you. but like he, we're seeing her from his vantage point where he's just looking up and her boots are kind of like and like uh, uh, the the mm -hmm. only thing you see and like her face is high mm -hmm. up in the shadows. It's this very weird camera angle, um, that just kind of like I think really plays up that you know isolation and um you know yeah you get the impression she hasn't been down with the rest of the crew no, at no, all no she's like definitely not she reminds me of the 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 360 catwalk at the philadelphia zoo sure so mm -hmm. uh 
That's a point of reference I definitely get. Me too. <laughs> and all of our <laughs> listeners who are all in Philadelphia. So uh, Boston Gabe will be very upset. Uh, I know. I'm sorry. Sorry, if Boston. You, if you uh, even imply. Gabe to Gabe is the new one. Gabe, no. no. Yeah, we already agreed you weren't there. Oh, okay. <laughs> so <laughs> Gabe and I talked about it. So, But, you know. You're not in the fucking club. <laughs> but, That's right. So she's. So she's looking down at him and is like, you already know everything you need to know, Ensign, and walks mm. away. So, like, that's her Ooh. That's her husband. And she doesn't even know his name? Who the fuck is Ensign? <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I like, listeners don't know, but but Kitsy especially has a face that is, is Andrea this stupid or is she doing a bit? And it's really good to see you switch into, oh, she's just being an asshole. <laughs> and Ensign <laughs> is a rank. And it's typically the lowest rank that you rank that when you that ship. when you uh yeah that ship is pretty rank because mm-hmm. it's full of poo. Ow. Ew. Um, they really are just driving like a big old septic tank. Huh? They, driving, that's what you do in yeah. space. Basically, that's I mean basically that's what they're as doing. Accurate as flying when you're in space. Yeah. So. So yeah, uh, th- that's a very, very. Uh, interesting thing for her to say and and sam kind of you know gets understandably a little upset about that and you know confronts her and is like hey like i'm still your husband you know blah 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 remember when we got these tattoos and like you know puts their big stupid wing tattoos together <laughs> um or whatever and then she's something effective like i only married you because it was convenient or Oof. it was safe or it was easy or some shit like that she's She's being, it's like, you know how people say hurtful things they don't mean when they're angry? She means it. Mm-hmm. Like, that is why she married him, right? Yeah. Good Guys. Lord. She it, is. But then, but then, but then, but then, but then, she tells him she just wants to frack. She wants to frack like the world's ending and nothing matters, which, I mean, kind of. Really? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I believe that's where Make we, me. Make me feel something. Make me feel something. I believe that's where we leave them. Yeah, mm. fracking. <laughs> in the, well, uh, fracking they, in the shit tank. Oh, we do oh, the character uh, story. Yeah, that can't be good for anybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do get a, a little bit of a, a, a conversation afterwards, but it's like nothing really resolved uh, from it. Um, but yeah, so uh, it's also worth mentioning that as the crew is, is borderline mutinous, they're like not trusting their, their captain, so to speak, Mm uh, Hilo, again, ever the cheerleader. He really is. Like he believes in it. Like he does, he he doesn't know what's happening. (laughs) No fucking clue what's going on, but he believes. I like, I like that Hilo is just always like, you know what? We're going to make the best of this. And we said it early on. It's not a joke, and I love him, and every time, I feel like every scene he's in, we have to mention it, but he just is the perfect himbo, and I, I love him for it. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. just, every time he proves us right, I feel, it's just, he's just the best. But, but there's a problem. And that is? We have multiple Duranus ah. contacts, so we're going to go ahead and jump to a safer location. We will, of course... Embed the rendezvous coordinates inside the ad as we always do. So make sure you listen to it real close and we'll see you at the rendezvous coordinates.
Hello, I'm Casey Ryan. And I'm Colin Ryan. And we're here to tell you about the new podcast coming to the Night Shift Radio Network. It's something two white cishet dudes have never covered. Star Trek. But here's the twist. The omnipotent god is actually a malfunctioning robot? No. Well, maybe. But the real twist is we roped our mom into it. That's me. Hi, Hi, Mom. Mom. In the monthly podcast, we will cover all the Trek movies from the motion picture to beyond. Our lifelong love of Trek comes from being introduced to it by our mom at a very young age. But that's a story for the podcast. Look at you, Mom. You're a natural. That's why I'm the Admiral. So join us September 8th for our monthly podcast, Where No Mom Has Gone Before. Available on the Night Shift Radio Network, wherever in subspace you catch your podcasts. Now, which one is the one with the whales? Four. Jump for my love. Jump in. Something else. I wonder how many people have like just like poured through the, the <laughs> ad ad breaks, like trying to find some sort of like hidden Easter egg content. Well, and especially <laughs> because sometimes they're they are in there. <laughs> like I really hope I really hope we have uh loyal listeners who like like pay super close attention to every ad break just in case. Just in just case. Just like just like you know, you never leave a Marvel movie when the credits roll. You just don't. Right. I right. feel like and we there's sh- not always an end credit scene. There's been a couple times where they've burned us, but there usually is. I feel like it's it's too late for this now, but it would have been fun to like actually do like an ARG and have like secret websites and stuff that um, people could have gone to that we could have like you know said backwards in the ads and stuff. Mm-hmm. But a little late now. That's something to uh, to think about maybe for a future uh, Night Shift Media project. Definitely. Or when we do the re-listen of our of this edition Exactly. Make me feel something. <laughs> she she is they uh I mean she was also just making out with stupid Lee like twenty one like, days this, ago. Does this make any more or less sense than like her reactions to Lee? I don't know. Like, Kara is, why does she have to I know why she has to have uh like this kind of storyline, but it's just like come I don't I hate it. Report? Yeah, I mean you got This is the report. Oh. <laughs> Are you Team Lee or Team Sam? <laughs> we get shirts oh, made. Oh, we could have gotten shirts. What? It's not too late. <laughs> we could have done a whole <sighs> online like hashtags and everything. Man. Oh god. I, somehow oh. I'm Team Neither though. Is yeah. the thing. Team Nah. Yeah, no thanks. <laughs> team Hard Pass. <laughs> Oh my god! There, I'm Team D, living her best life now. It, yes, correct. <laughs> Say that there's 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 definitely a third option there, and mm-hmm. it's Team D. That's right. Um, so as we mentioned, there's two other major storylines that are running uh, simultaneously in this uh, in this episode, and one of them we we um, we got a hint at a while back when Lee says 
uh, I've accepted an offer from Zarek to fill the open quorum position. And I'm like, when you, there's just or to fill a position in the government, and it was vague. And then he re- reveals later that it's uh, the quorum. And I'm like, what? What just what? What government positions just happen to be available right now? Uh, <laughs> it turns out the Capricorn delegate to the quorum of twelve uh, has died. I, I don't. I don't think we get a chance to find out whether it was in one of the attacks, which would make sense because. You know, at least one ship was completely destroyed and a couple were, were damaged pretty heavily. It was food poisoning. Uh, no, if it was food poisoning. <laughs> Shit, it's in bad algae. There's, <laughs> uh, okay, at this point, there have got to be people who have just died from, like, just random everyday things that you die from oh, and yeah, not yeah. Cylon attacks. Certainly. <laughs> I mean, you've seen Cavill's Hospital. He does his best, but, like... <laughs> <laughs> You're all chop shop in there, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so so Lee takes this this nomination from Tom Zarek, uh, who like, I just more and more I love so much that they got Richard Hatch to come mm-hmm. and play this role, and I love that especially because of the dynamic that he ends up having with Apollo, his namesake from the original series. Oh right, oh fun, uh, cute. I, I love just, that. I I love that so much, and I love that like Lee. Despite his many flaws, <laughs> Lee is a man of principle in theory mm-hmm. who like he has the these beliefs that he in the way that he thinks the universe is is right or wrong and whatnot and like he he's gonna stand by those convictions uh, and is somewhat less stubborn than than space parents uh, <laughs> where like I, I feel like he's he's more willing to like be shown that he's wrong and and change um, but uh, you know equally, Strong in those convictions, and Zarek sees that, and Lee kind of gets the the sense that uh, Zarek might be using him to like to as a power play against Rosalind, because we know that there's no real love lost between those two. And you know, Zarek explains like she's you know, she's basically just keeping me around to to keep an eye on me, <laughs> and he's like, well, I'm not going to be you know your your tool against her. He's like, no, I don't want that. I don't, you know, believe it or not, you know, Laura and I are on the same. I love that he calls her Laura. <laughs> I love that Vice President Zarek, uh, he's got that real close first name basis with, with Laura. I would hope the uh, Vice President is on a first name basis with the President. You would hope, but like, uh, like at best, I've only ever heard her say his full name, Tom Zarek. Yeah. She doesn't and usually Tom. refers to him as Zarek. I've never heard her call him Tom or Thomas, Tommy. He knows what he's uh, doing. You know, teasy. that like, <laughs> Tizzy. Tizzy. Oh, Tizzy. I love that. Yo, what up, Tizzy? <laughs> that's so good. I hate that. No, that's his name from now on. And, and Tizzy's like, you know what, believe it or not, like we're on the same side. I just, you know, I just, I know that you're a man who's going to like stand by what he believes in. And, you know, after you, the, after you stood by, you know, or after you defended Baltar in the trial, you know, Laura's, like, Laura's not going to trust you. Like, you're kind of, you're on the outs now, uh, which we learn is true. Like, she really, like, mm-hmm. she's professionally friendly to him, but, like, it, like, there's a very hard stopping point to how far that'll go. Mm-hmm. I think the, I think this is some of her. Laura Roslin at her best politician. Oh, yes. Where she does not directly answer any no. questions. Um, like, at one point, they ask her, 
like, do you have any hard feelings against Lee for his role in Baltar's trial? And her response is something to the effect of, like, Mr. Hatama uh, stood up for something he believed in, and I believe that he will do the same, <laughs> like, bring the same uh, level of conviction to his, uh, you know, his his time in, in, as the Caprica delegate. That was very much not a no. Nope. <laughs> Nope. She is staggeringly good at the game of politics. Mm-hmm. Uh, Which, again, for, for somebody seven, who was how far down the ladder? Yeah. Like 40-something? Like, this shit just came know. natural to her. Mm-hmm. The the Secretary of Education, which is an unquestionably important role in civil government, uh, but also not necessarily known for being, like, a political high-stakes role. Or, I will say, uh, as an educator, though, I'll bet she was, like scheduled out the butt with committee meetings and so maybe it's just from that kind of thing she's used to it's internal politics (laughs) yeah so the governmental politics exactly and uh, and i guess not really my place to be saying but even just as a a woman in any kind of professional space like having to play the game right right like it's it's like safe to to believe that like she just has that experience of dealing with people and like how it needs to be done. I would say, Caleb, um, is you somebody who has operated it? Wait, I want to say it the other way. I want to <laughs> pretend I made a joke about me being a woman, but not professional, and Caleb being <laughs> not a woman, professional. So between the two of us, between the two of us, I've never got, done anything professional in my life. <laughs> You're a Caleb's never done anything as a woman in his life. So. You're a teacher. Oh, yeah, but I would like, come on. You're like a real teacher, though. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't since, and it doesn't matter. You still have done it. That's true. <laughs> well, like an adjunct at a state college. It still counts. It still counts. It's a good school. Uh, <laughs> Don't you have a master's degree? Listen, that's neither here nor there. But Zarek's point is, you know, he, he's like, you know that Zarek's playing an angle. He's always playing an angle. Zarek is never like face value. And I kind of like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he just happens to have a, a file folder. And he's like, you know, it's amazing the things you start to notice when you're on the sidelines. <laughs> like how every decision that Laura and your father, I love Laura and your father, he knows exactly uh, make, what he's doing. gets stamped classified or how her directives are starting to uh, read like decrees, yet still get enacted without so much as a debate. You know, she won't even allow records to be kept of any of her meetings. Right. So, uh, secrecy and control are becoming obsessions for her. Mm-hmm. She's secrecy. Was that? You said secrecy. I did not. Yeah, you did. No, I didn't. Let's go to the tape. <laughs> I'll wait. It was a secrecy. It's and funny because we can't. That's my impression. So here's what we'll do. I, I want Andrea to, to edit it. Like, editor's note. He did say secrecy. <laughs> so here's what we're going to do. Uh, Andrea, at this point, mm-hmm. you will edit in what Caleb actually said right here. Uh, secrecy and control are becoming obsessions for her. Okay. 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 And now we have to record a reaction if I was right and a reaction <laughs> if you were right, and then you have to play the right one. Okay, perfect. I'm going to play them both. Well, let's not even do it. I wasn't talking to you. <laughs> that was for the listeners. Oh, okay. It's entirely possible that I stumbled on the word secrecy and said secrecy. Um, I don't you, recall it that way, yeah, but it is a, possible and I can I can accept yeah, that. Yeah, and I wasn't listening for every little mistake that my podcast co-hosts make, so I didn't notice either way. And, you know, I, I in the in the moment, I said a thing that I believed in, and I believe that I will continue to, to say things that I believe in. <laughs> 
yeah, and he says, I think this Demetrius business is just the tip of the iceberg. So, like, he's acknowledging, like, you know, th- these are the kinds of things that Lee probably would have been in on mm-hmm. uh, were he still in his relatively high rank, relative, because <laughs> he's yeah. his son, uh, rank in the <laughs> fleet. Uh, but now he's he's on the outside and, and isn't privy <clears throat> to uh, what's going on with the Demetrius or if Carathrace is, in fact, involved. Something and I just thought of. What did you just thought of? Do you think Lee is suddenly having the thought of like, wait a minute. I know a lot, but are there things I don't know? Like, were there there decisions made by the president and the admiral that I was not privy to? 100%. You can see it in his face. Cool. He, like, he looks like he wants to believe that everything is fully on the up and up, but, like, Zarek's getting to him. Uh, and he says, well, sometimes a benevolent, bene- a benevolent, <laughs> that time you stumbled. I did. I did. Cause I, uh, I sometimes confuse benevolent and benevolent and menomena. None of those were words. <laughs> They're all words. I said them. Um, sometimes a benevolent tyrant's exactly what you need. <laughs> That's why I said it. <laughs> said what I said. God damn it. <laughs> And Zarek's like, no, a tyrant craves power for its own sake. All Laura wants is to save us all. Which I think goes Uh, back to my point from earlier. Yeah. uh, He's like, trust me. Uh, Better yet, trust yourself, because that's what I'm really counting on, that you're not the kind of man who can ignore the truth when it stares you in the face. And he tosses down a classified stamped folder. Um, That line, though, a tyrant craves power for its own sake. All Laura wants is to save us all. So he's not calling her a tyrant, hmm. but he's not saying she's not acting like no. one. Yeah, it's an intention impact thing going yeah. on here. I, I think this just furthers the point I was making earlier mm-hmm. on yeah. in this episode where, you know, right or wrong, she thinks that she's doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she believes she's doing the right thing. Zarek believes that she believes she's doing the right thing, but Zarek sees things differently than yes. Laura. Uh, and uh, that that's, you know, that that couldn't possibly lead to any any conflict. I'm sure, it's fine. Um, except in uh, in the very first quorum meeting that uh, Lee gets to be a part of, uh, where there's a, you know this ongoing question that Demetrius and uh, Rosalind refuses to to comment on it, and Lee, like I think trying to re ingratiate himself with someone who once respected him and that he still respects. You know, tries to, to say like you know I believe that you know, you based on my experience with the with the fleet, uh, with the military, I think that it's safe to say that the president and the admiral uh, are pursuing all possible uh, options to to find Earth. The president's response is just <sighs> biting. Uh, she basically says like hey, you know your experiences will definitely be appreciated in this body, but I don't need a junior member as my spokesman. He's like, okay, well then, if that's the case, the gloves are off. (laughs) Let's talk about this executive order that you signed, number 2112, 212-212, words are hard. Uh, Let me find the actual uh, I hate this scene. That was 112. Is it 112? I thought it was 112. Thank you, it is 112. That that explains why I was so confused. Uh, He hands out copies. To everybody. I love that he, he's got copies he hands out. Uh, which establishes Adama a system of uh, making, making copies. <laughs> Topical. 
Well done. Um, <laughs> basically, it's it, it essentially gives the the creation of a, a justice system amongst the fleet, but all essentially tied back to the president. She appoints all the the judges and like sets the structure and everything, and that feels like a little bit of a an overreach for the executive to have that much direct control uh, over the entire judicial system mm-hmm. uh, throughout the fleet, not just uh, like. Not just the 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 judges, uh, which in some cases are appointed by executives, but also the structure and the timing and uh, everything else. Uh, and it feels like you know not not as independent as a judicial system needs to be. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, you know, that's just a it's a work in progress. That's you know, that's a it's a rough draft. It's just a thing. Like yeah, we, we're we're you know what we'll we'll talk about that next week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sneaky. It's like, oh. uh, she like she she's rattled a little bit by it. She, I don't think she expected him to go there so quickly. Yeah. Uh, um. And yeah, here we are. Yeah, here we are. I'm so, sure that'll all resolve just fine. Yeah, everything's fine already. Like they're 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 best of friends they're, now. The next episode's going to open with them going out for coffee and like going on a shopping trip. Lee keeps getting himself into positions that he is not qualified to be part of like the trial and even before that commanding um the fucking the pegasus the pegasus Mm -hmm. like he really that was not it was not time for him to have his own ship he just keeps this is that fucking family nepotism Nepotism, bullshit do you really think there'll ever be anyone in command whose last name isn't adama that's Mm. right Mm. well he quit the Mm. military and now he's pissing off the president, so maybe. <laughs> and so, finally, we come to uh, arguably the most impactful of the, the storylines so far in this episode. Um, and that is the, the ongoing journey of three of the final five mm-hmm. uh, who are aboard Galactica. Because we know that Sam is, of course, uh, on Sam. the Demetrius. But yes, also... And perhaps more importantly, uh, the storyline of baby Nikki, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Chief Tyrrell and Callie uh, Tyrrell's Lil- son. Yeah. Little Nikki starring Adam Sandler. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, Little Nikki yeah, by so Prince. There's a, a sequence where we, we find out that Callie hasn't been sleeping well, as, you know, is understandable for, you know, a parent of a, a you know, still very young child uh, who is themselves not sleeping through the night, uh, it seems. And I can only uh, imagine sleeping on a loud military ship mm-hmm. that is operating 24-7 is not helping either. Mm-mm. Yeah, it's probably awesome for the kid. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, the, there's definitely some strain in their marriage, which we had hinted at before, uh, you know, when when Joe's bar opened, um, but we get to see it where um, you know the chief uh, he's got work to do. It seems like Callie maybe has resigned her commission and is just being a, a stay at home mom. Yeah. It, it's it's hard to tell, but like we really don't ever see her well, working the the deck anymore. I, I think, think the last time we saw her was that episode where they got caught in that airlock together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I wonder if maybe after that she's like one of us has to be I, like right. Yeah. not working to I think make that's sure that- kind of what happened there cuz you know chief even said like I was being selfish I wanted you with me I wasn't thinking mm-hmm. of Nikki and so like I I I would not be surprised if she then just stopped working altogether to 
take care of Nikki. Yeah. Which does seem uh, to be what's happening now. Mm-hmm. It's it's interesting because that whole thing, you know, was was caused because he wanted to spend time with her, but then we get the implication that he's not really spending any time with her. Well, uh, you know, he's he's working a lot, which you know, she's like, "Can't can't you just call someone else?" He's like, "Who? Who am I going to call?" Again, good point. It's, it is a very good point. Yeah. I mean, uh, it delivered a little aggressively, but it's still a very but good point. They, these are bad parents, speaking of delivered aggressively. They so much yelling and slamming in front of this poor baby. I know. Yes. Now, I, you know, granted, I'm sure, I'm sure Chief Tyrrell is very busy at work. I'm mm-hmm. sure he's got a lot on his plate. Mm-hmm. You know, yes. I, I don't think anyone would, would debate that. But as we see, he's obviously spending some extracurricular time with his new skin job buddies. And also... I'm um, sorry. You can't say that. Oh, only, only they, they can, can say, say that. Oh, you're right. I'm sorry. I just, like... I don't like that word. No, it's either. bad. It just feels dirty. Yeah, and Ty, Ty uses it again this episode. Ugh. It's, ugh. Anyway... Um, but he's obviously, you know, having these secret Cylon meetings, and then, as we find out, he's also having secret uh, affair meetings with Tori at the bar. Which, like, that's a, a really weird sequence that we don't get a lot of clarification on. Uh, like, they're they're sitting and in, in talking very, very close, very intimately, and, you know, he's just, like... He, I, I feel like he's kind of unloading his burdens now that he has, like, this new confidant essentially this new person with you know, he shares a secret uh and she's just like mm, these new sensations i don't know man this is pretty great i i love she's being a Cylon. such a trip i really started to like new. tori um yeah like she's really like kind of like tripped out and i and i i like it uh and i feel like it's implied Maybe that she is coming on to him, but it's not necessarily clear that he is reciprocating or that they are actually having an affair of any sorts. And if so, they're doing it very publicly, which is, I mean, there's only one bar. Yeah. (laughs) Good point. And it's literally where he works. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, now there is a point a little bit later when, when Tori and, uh, and chief and Ty all meet and Ty kind of chews them out for having an affair. So, he says, "Put an end to this affair nonsense," but that doesn't. I thought he meant or squash this affair nonsense or whatnot. But it, yeah, I, I think, yeah. Andrew, you're no. I just I took that to mean like the affair nonsense being Callie thinking they were having an affair in the first place. That was I, my read as well. Yeah, I didn't get the. I don't get the impression that they've acted on anything. To yeah. me, I think I, I just don't get the impression that like Tyrell's even thinking about that right now. He's pretty wrapped up in a lot of other stuff. Yeah. I think. I think. Tori is down to clown a hundred percent. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, we already saw and, her hook up with yeah with Sam. Yeah. And then Baltar. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. I'm sure like that's I mean, no what judgment, she's, you know. No, y- no she's, get it, girl. She, but, yeah. But I think that that's she's what experiencing she's, new sensations. Exactly. Yeah. I think that's what she's aiming for. I just don't think Tyrell is um, there yet. Though I wouldn't be surprised if if they did end up um, involved. Well, I think I think Tyrell needs an escape. I think Tyrell needs therapy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as we've we've mentioned multiple times, then it doesn't seem to be readily available here. Uh, I think he's he he's confiding in uh, one of the f- like now only two other people like currently on the ship that he can really be like fully open with, mm-hmm. uh, and 
it just it looks bad, and I don't think he realizes what it looks right. like. And yeah. so when and he tries to like console Callie and tell it like there's nothing happening, I promise you, I think he's being genuine. There's something happening. It's just not what she thinks. <laughs> so she um, she hasn't been sleeping. She's been self medicating. And it's definitely affecting both you know, the, the the two things together. Definitely affecting her judgment and her temperament, and even we see like her perception and reality, where they they go so far as to show us the you know, the world through her eyes, essentially, and it's all like foggy and warped and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And she sees things that uh, that would directly like not imply, but like prove that uh, Tyrrell and Tori are having a. Uh, an affair, like she sees them as like holding hands and kissing and whatnot, but I don't think that that's reality. I think we're we're mm, meant to, to yeah. say that that's that's her drug and uh, sleep deprived stupor that is like affecting and like she, she's she's imagining things, uh, which makes it no less real for her, right. but. It's, it isn't real, eh, real. Yeah. Uh, but she does go to see, <laughs> there's a sequence where like she's like, you have to take care of Nikki today. I have an appointment. And uh, you know, is trying to talk to her. And she's like, just don't forget about Nikki and just leaves. And you know, she goes to see Coddle. who's was like, that man doesn't know what he's got at home. <laughs> and like, Doc Coddle. He is. Are you hitting on Cal? <laughs> The answer is yes. Yes. So, <laughs> I, I do. I do like this point um, where, you know, she says something like, to the effect of like, you know, what kind of person asks someone to marry them after they practically, you know, after they, after he breaks her jaw or whatever. Good point, Callie. Mm-hmm. Um, which is yeah, fair. Um, and, uh, and then he asks, like, very concerned, like, is that the last time he laid hands on you? Because, like, I feel like Coddle's ready to fight. Mm-hmm-hmm. You know, he's like, if this. This motherfucker, Coddle, um, is not the man who will stand by and, and let abuse be swept under the rug. That's right. That man will take action. Yeah. Not, you know, again for for all of his other flaws yeah. and faults, uh, that man will stand up. He will believe uh, someone who reports abuse, and he will stand up for them. And good for him. Take for a that. lesson. He's the take yeah. a lesson from Doc Coddle, That's folks. Right. Yeah. That's right. So so she does say no. He hasn't. You know, hasn't since then. But then she, you know, kind of up with like, but sometimes I wish he would lay hands on me. At least then I'd know that he felt something towards me. Which, like, that is a, a that's desperation talking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, you can tell that, like, they're, they're not connecting in, in any way, physically, emotionally, mentally, whatnot. Um, but Kelly, uh, Gets frustrated from her for lack of sleep after you know Coddle sends her home like with no additional medication and with the instructions just to get some sleep, which is what she's fracking trying. <laughs> um, like, oh no, and, shit! I could have thought uh, that myself. She, uh, you know, she's tossing and turning one time one night, and Galen is not not in their their quarters. So she gets up, and as she's opening the door, she sees something. There's a, a note shoved in in the door, which seems like a Really, like, poor judgment on someone's part. <laughs> um, someone really should have uh, looked at this decision with both eyes. It <laughs> <laughs> was a really rude way to make that joke. Uh, wow. So, <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. You know, uh, <laughs> he, he lost that eye on New Caprica 
You don't need two eyes to have foresight. <laughs> oh, I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> that man is a war hero. You show some respect. <laughs> I liked it. I thought it was pretty good. <laughs> she finds a note War with hero. instructions for a, a, a secret meeting and uh, in secret weapons locker. Meeting. Did you catch the did you catch the Super number pizza party of the weapons locker? Mm-mm. Was it the same one that uh, Chief and Boomer used to boom in? I think so. It's Important though, because it's Weapons Locker 1701D. One seven. The call letters of the USS Enterprise from Star Trek: The Next Generation. Oh, that's yeah, it so is. cute! This is a crossover episode. <laughs> Easter egg. I love it. I love that's it. That's so silly. Uh, Aww, I like that they did like that. Thirteen thirty hours or whatever in Weapons Locker 1701D. Uh, so <laughs> that's one thirty. Yeah. PM. Very, very uh, good. Assuming they have the same time scale. 24 hour, yeah, good point. Uh, and it's not like a, a 37 hour. <laughs> I wish that they just did operate on a 37 hour clock and never made any real mention of it, except that sometimes it would be 34 <laughs> o'clock or whatever. It's it's 35, 20. <laughs> exactly. Like, what? what? Um, and there's 75 she, seconds in a minute. So <laughs> 75 seconds. I mean, minutes in an hour. Both. It's December 942 seconds. That's right. The the 1st of December ween. Hmm. Um, Febtober 29th. (laughs) My birthday. Lousy smarch weather. Um, So she skulks about the ship and uh, (laughs) hides around a corner uh, just in time to see uh, Colonel Ty, Chief Tyrrell, and Tori Mm -hmm. all sneak into the locker. Mm -hmm. For some dope Cylon three-way. Wait, no, no. (laughs) You know that's what she's thinking. (laughs) She is. She's like, not only is Chief having an affair, but but he's having it with Tori and Ty. (laughs) I really love, like, because, I mean, like, I'm sure that what happened actually is she got very confused. But for the splittest of moments in her head, all she could have thought was that the three of them were involved. Like, at least for a second. Yeah, because you know secret Cylon meeting is not the first thing that comes no, to mind. No, <laughs> no, certainly not. Absolutely not. And so she does the the sensible thing and removes a panel from the bulkhead and climbs through the wall to try to listen in to the conversation. Uh, and Nice to be small. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she barely fits through, but she does. It's hip to be uh, squared. She, it's she, nice she, to be small. She climbs it's a reference to an earlier episode. Around pipes. Square. No, oh, nice yeah. to be small. Yeah, that's that's true. Uh, she was fixing something. She had oh. small hands. Yeah, hmm. and the the chief chief complimented her small smallness. Uh, <laughs> hey, little lady. Ugh. Hey, nice to be small, huh? Ugh. Hey, you, oh, it's pretty lady. Would you give me a sign? Anyway, uh, she's climbing <laughs> through the wall around the pipes and whatnot, and she gets to a point where can. Is this just a way for us to see the action, or can she actually see like through a grate into this room? I it feels think like... she can see through a grate in the room. Okay, that feels like it. You know, even hidden in the wall where they're not going to expect you, that feels like a very exposed position to mm-hmm. be. Uh, you know, I thought the same. Eavesdropping on this secret meeting. Uh, well, but she's she not her... exactly thinking straight. That's no, also she's true. really not. Um, and she gets there just in time to hear. Uh, 
Ty uh, start talking about them being a bunch of fracking skin jobs, and the last thing we need is for your Cylon Hayden wife to know that there's a bunch of us walking around the, the ship. And you're and one she's of them. Just like, no. <laughs> and of course, she drops the flashlight she's holding, which yes, and makes, makes a noise. What was that? They don't react enough to that. Not nearly. I, no. So strange. They're kind of like, oh, I mean, weird. Hmm. There's going to be noises on a ship like that. I think but not that like that. Yeah. That's fair. But not like just conveniently right next to the room you're in at the moment you drop a bombshell like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but, but again, nobody nobody is expecting this series of events to line up just right. True. Uh, but I love the moment where Ty's like, you know, you you. You should have known about this in my note that I left you. And he's like, what note? I, I ran into Tori, and she told me about this. He's like, the note I put in the drop at your quarters. And I'm like, what? Uh, so and funny. then you see Callie like, that was the note I found. <laughs> and like puts it all together. Uh, which, again, leaving a note about your secret meeting place and time um, – isn't the least suspicious thing you can do. I mean, I, I get that they have to, like, communicate with each other about these meeting times, but the ship's not that big. How yeah. hard would it be for Ty to just, like, find him and be like, yeah. hey, you know, 13 o'clock at mm-hmm. the place. Yeah, the is not doing any rounds around the ship right. and, like, inspecting the hangar deck. He's not inspecting the deck? Inspect, like, inspect a deck? That's, that's ins- a Wu-Tang Clan member. <laughs> So, um, and you know, he's not going to find Tori in the bar. Like we know Ty drinks. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, there would be or, opportunities to, to pass the message. Or Such nonsense. don't you think at the meeting, they'd be like, okay, and let's have our next meeting on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's, can we make this recurring? Is there a time that works yeah. for everyone's calendar? Listen, yeah. they're really new to having a super secret club. So I guess they're still ironing that stuff out. Fair enough. Maybe Sam was usually in charge of scheduling the meetings. And since he's gone, oh, that like, explains it. They're just all, yep. <laughs> all a mess. Uh, but anyway, so the, the, the Cylon anyway. cat is out of the, the, Cylon bag, uh, and Callie knows, and she she skulks off, uh, and like doesn't properly replace the the panel. She just kind of like she she hears them coming. The the wheel is turning like ever so slowly to unseal the hatch, and she's like, oh no, and like puts the plant panel down and runs off. And Tori notices. She sees something. She's something's off, and so she she's suspicious. She I think she com- uh, puts it together and had. The noise that they heard mm-hmm. uh, with the panel being out of place. <gasps> There's rats on collecting. Now, <laughs> wait, no. <laughs> I do. I, I realize that for the story that's about to unfold, Tori has to be the one that notices the, yeah. the panel, and and I'm I'm okay with that. I but I do think it's a little weird that the two people with fucking military mm-hmm. training didn't notice any of that shit, and she did. And the you know, like two people that should have a fairly deep understanding of how the ship works mm-hmm. and should notice things that are out of place. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. One, because he fixes things, and the other, because it's kind of his job to, to know that everything is in working order. Uh, and, you, again, you can yeah. be forgiven for just walking past something that you don't expect to be like. You know, I, I've walked right past people who knew me but didn't expect me in that context mm-hmm. and never even saw me. And like that, you know, that was fine. Don't say hi to me. It's fine. <laughs> um, so like, it, it, like it's reasonable, but it is odd. Like you said, that of all of the three of them, it's Tori who notices. And once again, like really, like you you can't have a better illustration for the need for mental health care mm-hmm. in this fleet than 
Callie's next decision isn't to go to the Admiral and say, Admiral, I've discovered that three very important high-ranking people in this fleet are Cylons uh, by their own admission, and they're skulking about having... And I've said skulking like five times. Well, that's what they're doing. It is. It is it's what the they're right doing. Word. Like, uh, it's, it's not a regular... It's not a mainstay in my, in my lexicon. Anyway, she doesn't go to the Admiral and tell him about this. She decides, what I really need to do is go get my kid and airlock myself. Well, hold on. She does something very important first... Oh, she takes a. Oh, she, <laughs> she fucking takes a wrench to the chief's head. A oh. big old wrench too. She sure does. He's got the biggest wrench you can find, mm-hmm. just hanging out in in his quarters. Like he, that's his good wrench. He doesn't want anyone mm-hmm. taking it like <laughs> when it's not his ship. Well, you know, because here's the thing: whoever has the biggest wrench is the chief. That's how it that's, works. For Gersh, he's always trying to take the wrench. <laughs> exactly. Um, it's not the size of the. That's rude. I'm sorry for Gersh. <laughs> I don't think you deserved that. Uh, she she clocks him on upside the head and steals. He clocks him like uh, free upside the head. To be fair, I thought he was true. dead. Yeah, because he doesn't go down at first. Uh, she steals his airlock key and takes her takes herself and Nikki into one of the airlocks. Which like, no, how is the hangar deck ever like unguarded? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, how That's is one of like. Arguably one of your top five, like, most valuable resources in this like, fleet on the run. Uh, I mean, you've got your, you've got your food, you've got run. your water, you've got uh, your, like... Tillium. Uh, what, your till, your fuel, and your, uh, like, whatever handles, like, your air filtration. Like Okay. You, yeah. You have your, your literal, like, Asked need to physically survive, and then you need you know, your, your, your fuel to propel. Uh, so the... The ships of the fleet, uh, specifically the the Viper and Raptor ships uh, of Galactica, are the the fleet's defense mm-hmm. and reconnaissance and whatnot. This is an incredibly vital resource, uh, and also airlocks, point of entry and egress mm-hmm. from your your ship. Like very important to know what's happening in those. How are they ever empty? How are they ever not guarded? And how does like someone not alerted to the very loud klaxons when that key gets turned? Mm-hmm. That's a very good point. I mean, she is she's in a viper tube, for sure. Um, it's very mm-hmm. obviously a viper tube, and yeah, I mean, I get the impression that the hangar deck is a twenty four seven operation. Yeah. There's yeah. always something going on down there, around the clock. It, it's a necessary uh, thing for this particular plot. I, I don't think that this particular plot is necessary, but for <laughs> all of this to play out the way that it does, it's necessary that she does what she does. Mm-hmm. I just, I find it slightly unbelievable that yeah. like, you could have this scenario to begin with. Mm-hmm. Although this is not the first time we've seen these Viper no. tubes be like completely deserted. It's not, and that bothers me every mm-hmm. time. Yeah. But she's there in the tube with Nikki. She's decided to space herself and Nikki because she just can't stand to be married to a Cylon. Um, Don't space the Cylon. Space yourself. I mean, I could kind of see, like, as someone who struggled with mental health my whole life, I can totally put myself in her shoes as she's coming from. It's like, shit's been bad for a while. Yeah. And now, like, your whole fucking reality was just ripped out from under you. I can really see being at that point well and i think a big part of it is uh, like caleb like you said you know her first decision wasn't to go to the admiral but it's like her and and then kids like you're saying her reality has been so directly affected that like i, I don't know what could i don't mean what else could she have done except put herself out the airlock but like in her head i don't know what 
I can imagine her going through the different scenarios of like, do I go to the yeah. admiral? And then what if he's also a Cylon? And do I, you know, and it's just yeah. like, or I could it's, just not have to deal with any of this. I mean, this. that's a good point. If Colonel Ty's a Cylon. Mm-hmm. It's also important to remember her current mental state. Yes. Very fragile. Like, yes. Yeah. She, I mean, she's, she's already seeing things. She's imagining things. She's, she's creating a reality in her head uh, from you know the, the lack of sleep, from the frustration, from the drugs that she's been taking, like all of these things together. Like, so I get like, she's, she's in a, in a very fragile mental mm-hmm. state. Uh, it's, it is frustrating to me uh, as an outside observer uh, that like she's not given a, a any kind of scenario where she ha- seems to have a choice mm-hmm. that this is the decision that she makes because seemingly to her this is the the only option for her. Mm-hmm. well uh keep in mind too that this now means that her child is part Cylon as well. Yeah. Yeah. So like the only thing I feel like I feel like Nikki's the only thing that was keeping her going mm-hmm. and now suddenly this child is part Cylon and and as a Cylon hater herself can't have that yeah. So Which, now we have uh, our second human uh, silent hybrid. Yeah. Confirmed. Well, yeah. and uh, I mean, I, which we we knew that when we knew that that Galen was a uh, a Cylon, but like we haven't really talked about know. it. Yeah. Yeah. I want to um kind of tr- which, which means like, there was love at one point. Oh, beautiful. That's there definitely same. was love in the beginning. Secret ingredient. I think we can all agree <laughs> they were in love. <laughs> I, I just I've never been a fan of their relationship, but I think on the one hand, yeah, you can't, you know, she's a Cylon hater and she's just found out that her child is a is half Cylon and that complicates things. But it's also if she puts herself out the airlock, her child, who I don't think she loves any less now, I think it's just more complicated, um, is very likely to be raised if I mean raised is best case scenario for her by a Cylon. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and so that's one of those, you know, you you. There are plenty of horrific stories where a parent does something like yeah. that, especially when they're already so vulnerable um, because they think it's the the best thing, mm-hmm. you know, the the humane thing. What's that? Know, what's that, Jemlini bit? Whoever killed her only did it to protect her from this world. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, of course, along comes Tori just before uh, Kelly uh, gets along up the, the courage to. To uh, to actually open the the airlock door, and she's like, "Hey, you know, don't do this. Don't you know? With like, you don't want to do this. Think about Nikki." And she's like, "You're a fool. Don't touch mm-hmm. me. You're a Cylon. You're all Cylon. I hate him." And Tori's like, "Look, you know, it's like we, this is all new to us." And she's like, "You know, <laughs> we didn't we didn't know. Like, we only just found out." And Chill, baby. Just yeah, and like Tori does a really good job mm-hmm. of talking Kelly down and like you know making her realize that like this isn't something that she needs to do, mm-hmm. uh, which and, I mean thank goodness for that because Kelly almost went out the airlock. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> and like close for a second there, huh? I, I just. <laughs> It, it, I, I think that really, like, that much more illustrates the, the, the state of mind that she's in mm-hmm. because she's suddenly, like, she breaks down. She's like, oh, my God, you're right. Nikki, I'm so sorry. Everything's going to be okay. And Tori's like, you know what? It's it's fine. Let's, we'll get out of here. Let me take Nikki and you know, I'll help you out. And she, uh, she takes Nikki from Tori. Or, sorry, uh, she, Tori takes Nikki from Callie. And then just yeet. 
Just slaps her across the tube. (laughs) (laughs) Just straight across the launch tube. (laughs) Tori is strong. (laughs) She's got that Cylon strength. Do Uh, and Callie's got to be what eighty pounds soaking wet. I mean, come on. Do we know if Cylons super Cylon strength? Right. Do Cylons strong or not? They occasionally exhibit super strength, like or maybe not super strength, but. Uh, higher than average human strength. There's but a, only sometimes. There's it's a so joke. Consistent. There's a joke in there about like super scion and super cylon. <laughs> if you think y'all haven't made the super scion, super saiyan, that's hard to do. Have we made that joke before? Yes. Okay, that yes. sounds like us. Mm-hmm. I can't really keep track of all the jokes I make on this show. Yeah, we're also funny. That your lights keep flickering, like really bugging me. I don't know what you want me to do about it. I don't, I don't like. I don't know what I want you to do about it either. I just wanted. Caleb's to, just to, making his feelings known. To that's stop. Mm-hmm. Um, so Tori takes the the baby, and as Callie's kind of crawling back uh, towards the the door, she uh, she shuts it, and like it would have been just that much creepier and better if she'd held up Nikki's hand and say bye bye. <laughs> but she kind of that would have been some horror movie shit right that there. I love been. that. That's that's what my brain wanted to happen. Mm-hmm. But what really happens is she kind of like covers Nikki's eyes or like kind of holds him facing away. Uh, turns that key, slaps that uh, that button, and whoosh! There goes Kelly, which is uh, I believe I've brought up before is not how that would happen. You you know you completely ruined it for me because that's all I could think of. I was like that's not accurate. <laughs> Welcome to my life. <laughs> um, and so off Callie goes, floating through the ether uh, space, slowly ether freezing. Space? Uh, what? Ether, ether space? space? Ether space. Uh, and ether somehow. Sea? It's um, another podcast. No. Oh. Um, so here's a, another thing that I, I find a little bit of a, a, a plot hole. Callie takes the key and she goes into the launch tube and activates mm-hmm. from activates it from within there, and that's she's going to space herself from in there. But when the the deed is actually done, Tori takes the key out of there and like brings it out to the main uh, control panel for that door and does it from there, which means it goes from being uh, at least like for for everything for all appearances. A suicide. Uh, it oh. is very clearly someone did this to her, right? But now, like in the the little bit of time that we have in this episode, uh, we don't immediately get anyone questioning that. We do have a scene where uh, it seems like maybe the admiral is breaking the news to to Tyrrell. There's no uh, no, no dialogue, dialogue. Uh, but you know Tyrrell's still pretty much slumped over where she left him, uh, and the admiral is is. Like seated and kind of hunched over in a like, you know, in a bad news deliver in posture, mm-hmm. uh, and so like I want to know what was said there. Yeah. Like it would be pretty. Someone spaced your wife, or we think that like somehow she managed to do it herself. I mean, I think it would be pretty easy for Tori to say she saw Callie heading that way and knew because she's been talking to Tyrrell that she wasn't in her right mind and went to check on her. And what she found was Callie was already out of the tube. And so she grabbed the keys and took them, the keys and Nikki back with her and closed it from the inside, maybe. But that's another one of those where, like, 
I'm doing work for the show that they are not doing for us. Yeah, so that that takes some, some mental math, and right. I, I don't think it's necessarily beyond Tori to to come up with that. She definitely uh, has proven herself to be someone who can be deceptive. I have a feeling that we're going to find out more about what Tori oh. says happens in, if not the next episode, then an upcoming episode. Oh. Because I can't imagine this is the last we'll be hearing of this. It it does feel like a fairly major event to just... Uh, just be like, well, that happened. Oh, well. <laughs> just, you know, toss a, a, a fairly major recurring character out the window like trash in the 80s. <laughs> um, so, yeah. I didn't that's, cry. Uh, the, that's our... Uh, <laughs> Ellen was like, is this going to be an emotional episode? I was like, I don't think anyone likes Kelly enough for yeah, it to be. I... I, you, I know that you, Kitsy. I have been Team Callie since the beginning. Yeah, I, I remember that. I don't dislike Callie. I just, I don't have strong enough feelings and to. I dislike Callie. I don't know, actually, I don't know if it goes quite that far, but she's I, certainly know, one of my lesser, uh, if I had to rank you know, everybody, and I will by the end of the series, rank okay, the characters. Um, Callie's toward the end of the list for sure. You know, I, I still like Callie. I just don't like her behavior as of late. But I understand why. She's yeah. behaving the way she is, and I can I can relate and sympathize with her. Um, yeah, I mean, I want to go on the record and say that I have not been a fan of Callie since day one. This is not a Callie's <laughs> mental health is deteriorating, and I can't. Yeah, no, we you yeah. made it very clear okay. from the beginning. I you just didn't wanna, like her. Yeah, okay, no, we, just to be clear. We all, but I think Callie is a, is a well written character for for the part that she mm-hmm. plays. Mm-hmm. I'll leave it at that. Yeah, but uh, that's I'm gonna that's miss her. our our four major. So she comes back. Uh, all of the ships somehow managed to miss her. Nah. It floats right past them. Bye-bye. Man, if she's just, the 13th I, Cylon and I just drop that guess in like that and we're just not even going to mention it, that would be amazing. I, I don't just, think she's the 13th Cylon. She thinks she's I the 12th Cylon. Oh, I no, I don't. Because I still, I still do want to point out the 13th Cylon is purely conjecture on your part and we have no <laughs> evidence to support the uh, fact that there may or may not be a 13th Cylon. Correct. I don't think she's 12th or 13th. I seriously expected to see one of those, uh, like, occasional, like, sci-fi, like, post-battle sequence things where, like, a dead body's floating through and just, like, <laughs> smacks the side of the ship. I expected to see her, like, <laughs> smack against, uh, like, the Adriatic or something. Or she's, like, one of those Garfield Klingon things with her hands just to the... I just realized I've been shifting in my chair this whole episode. I wonder if we're getting some Doppler effect stuff. Probably not. That's oh, absolutely. Not enough of a shift, right? Anyway. Um, I don't believe for a second that they are... Uh, they have enough staff to just, like, work a nine-to-five and then, like, well, we can shut down for the night. Like, no, they're working around the clock mm-hmm. down there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, uh, unless... Unless. Unless. The Unless. only thing I could think of is if she went to the other pod bay, the one that's been kind of decommissioned, if some of those Viper tubes happen to still work, maybe, then maybe there wouldn't be anyone over there. But, I, yeah, but, but that's still doing a lot of work for the... Yeah. yeah. Isn't the decommissioned one where they put the bar, though? Possibly. Oh, I think you're right. But but even still, if if the bar is there, you know, maybe, the, maybe this is after bar hours, maybe the bar is closed... Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, if you're sitting in the bar, you're not really looking at the the Viper tubes anyway. So I don't know. It's but I mean, you're gonna hear that. Yeah, it's something. Something is up with Roslyn and the cancer returning, and I don't know exactly what. But I'm 
there's I'm watching her more closely than I usually do. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And I can't wait to see. I'm really interested in this whole Zarek Lee Roslin thing. The government stuff tends to be what I'm least interested in, uh, but it's starting to something's something is there's something happening with Roslin and the crew. As the uh, the uh, Apple uh, whatever Apple TV I guess description for the episode says uh, political intrigue and marital discord. Ooh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, one tiny little thing that we didn't address was Adama the the episode opening with him reading Battles to Rosalind. Galactica. Battlestar Galactica. Yeah, that's, I, I was thinking about that one. Skulk. Skulk. Skulk Ah, oh, there it is. Um, it's like uh, Streets of Blood or something. So like funny. That. But uh, I told Kitsy as we were watching, I've, I've, my new headcanon is that's um, Adama's uh, pen name, and he is just self-publishing gritty <laughs> Capricorn noir novels. He's he's just reading her his first draft. Yeah, like, hey, what do you think? He's like, no, he's like, oh, I found this book I've never heard before. It seems pretty cool. Maybe I'll just read it. What do you think? But it's his. Love and Bullets by Nick Taylor. <laughs> Perfect. Love and Bullets. <laughs> She's in my blood like cheap wine. <laughs> such a great line. <laughs> yeah. It, I just I thought Oof. that was such a fun little... It's just very silly and good and, and also very sweet in the way that those two are very sweet. Yeah. When they're not being weirdly despotic, uh, <laughs> they're incredibly sweet. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we got to spill up our FTL drives and uh, get away from this dead body that's just floating around. <laughs> it's really harsh for my mellow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we will see you next week, mm-hmm. possibly one step closer to Earth, possibly mm-hmm. not. We don't know. Uh, what to tell. Possibly we we might find ourselves jumping straight into the middle of a full-on silent civil war. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, so we'll uh, we'll see you on the other side. So say we all. So say we all. So say we all. Just we Begin jump prep. We're leaving. We'll be back. Start your prep. Set Condition 1 is a Night Shift Radio production. Visit nightshiftradio.com for more information.